Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are located in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and our mission is for you to know God and make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how you can partner with us, please go to fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. We talk about absolute surrender, which we've been reading, you know, been reading on our Thursday class. You know, it seems so bad. Yeah. But you got to consider what we're surrendering. We're surrendering the flesh. We're putting sin and iniquity out of our lives. We're choosing not to go our own way. We're choosing to give up the things that are defiling. And we're putting on the Holy Spirit. We're putting on a new life. We're putting on the fulfillment of his purpose, his plan, his best for us. You see, so the Christian life is really an exchange. It's your life for his life. So this morning, I'm going to ask you a question. This is the title. We title our sermon sometimes. And so the title of my sermon, which you will not remember tomorrow, is, Who Are You Living For? Let's just say it with me. Who are you living for? Are you living for yourself? Or are you living for God? Amen. I'm finished because I got one clap. I'm going to sit there. <laughs> Amen. You know, I, I think I see that there are people that can believe in Jesus and still be living for themselves. They use God to give them what they think they need or want. Yeah. That's not how it works. You see, so I'm telling you truth today and truth sets you free. Because there's a better way than using God. How many don't like to be used? Sometimes we use God. Oh, he's good. He's the great, great lover in the sky. I know my identity and with it I have everything I am. And I lickety split, go my way. And I do my thing. And I'm not living in him. We are to live for him and delight ourselves in him. And he will give us the desires of his heart. Amen. You see, he knows what you need. And he knows what he's ordained you to be and have in your purpose. And as you give yourself to him, the purpose just unravels. You don't have to be thinking and striving and wondering and claiming. You just live it. And he does it. And it's the way it works. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful life. So I'm feeling good about what I'm going to preach already. So I want to ask you again. Are you living for yourself? Are you using God? Or are you giving yourself and living for God? Are you delighting yourself in the Lord? You know, it's an interesting thing in this book, Absolute Surrender, that I really like. It says, you know, the sun perfectly obeys God. I mean the natural sun. The moon, the stars all move under his direction. Everything, the plant life, it rains when he chooses. The sun shines because of his bidding. Everything's under divine control in this universe except mankind. We wiggle. We want our way. 
We oppose. Sometimes we even rebel. And God really can't get to us until this absolute surrender. It's a good thing. Stan has a little piece, and I thought he could say it better than I. So, Stanley, I'm going to give you a few minutes. And I want you to tell that story about you know what. Okay. I'll be sure to. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Pastor Mike asked me. I did. To take each and every one of y'all on a car ride. I did. So y'all get ready to go on a car ride with me. Okay? Now, for so long, for 28 years actually, I used to be impressed with the people who was doing illegal things, get a lot of money, get a fancy car, and drive. But there was one problem. When they get this car, and I watch them drive, they always be heading into a storm, and they never came back. So I said, when I come up, and I get my fancy car, I'm not gonna get on that same road. But don't you know, staying in his luck, get my car, I'm on that same road, and I can't get off. No matter what I do, I can't get off. So I'm going, I'm like, I need to get off this road. And I look over to the side of the road, and I see Jesus Christ. And I'm like, yes, that's what I need to get off this road. I need Jesus. So I pull over, pull over. I reach and I open up the back door. And I say, Jesus, Jesus, you just what I need to get off this road. Get in, Jesus. But Jesus just stands there. And I said, Jesus, I need you. Get in. And Jesus said, I don't ride back sheep to no man. I said, oh, oh, I apologize, Jesus. I apologize. So I closed the back door and I opened up the passenger door. And I said, Jesus, Jesus, get in, Jesus. I really need you to get in, Jesus. And Jesus just stands there. And I said, Jesus, why don't you get in? And Jesus said, I'm co-pilot I'm co to no man. I said, oh, my bad, Jesus, my bad. So I closed the passenger door, slide across the seat, and I opened up the driver's door. And Jesus comes around. Listen closely. When Jesus gets in, he adjusts the seat. Then he adjusts the mirror. Then he pulls out and he does a U-turn. You see, when Jesus got in and he adjusted the seat, he changed our position in life. When he adjusts the mirror, he changed how we perceive things or see things. And when he pulled out and did a U-turn, we wasn't on the wrong road. We were just heading in the wrong direction. Welcome to Full Gospel Fellowship Church. I'm so happy y'all ride along with me because Jesus is the pilot. And if no one told you they loved you today, consider yourself told. That's right. Amen. Thank you, Stan. Thank you. So you might be a Christian and on the right road but going the wrong way. You might be going your way. There's a way that seems right unto man, but the ends thereof are death. The way of God is life, glory, there's a future, and a hope, and let me add, no regrets. And so we ought to fear going our own way, 
in the right way. And we ought to really, really desire God's way. I have a verse for you in Matthew 7. Thank you, Stan. You did that wonderfully, all right? Matthew 7, I'm going to read verse 21 and 22. Look at it with me. It will be up on the screen also. It says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who work iniquity. Wow, that's an interesting, interesting verse because it seems to include the evangelical, even the spirit-filled in this passage. I mean, there's prophecy here and there's power for deliverance here. But there was this group that missed something and Jesus talks about it. He says, he that does the will of my Father in heaven And so we really need to not be serving our interests, our desires, the things we want. We really got to get beyond that and know what he wants. He wants something for us. You know, folks, I'd like to say I could have made many mistakes in my life if it wasn't that God in his mercy stood and said, this is the way, walk in it. In fact, there was a time when I dated a girl that was not this girl. I could either win it or lose it right here, right now. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. I had a praying mother. You know, I wasn't at the place to hear God myself. I had a mother who knew God. And she prayed. She came to me and she told me this person uh, was not the right one. My mom liked this person. We're kind of looking forward to fellowship with this person. But God knew And I remember the day when I could speak to him. Folks, the way you get to hear his voice is spend time listening to him. Hallelujah. You have to take time in his presence. And so I had gotten to the place in my life I did, and you all know I've heard it said it many times, one morning in prayer, not thinking of my wife. She was out of state. I hadn't seen her for maybe... Years, and God spoke to me and said, though the vision tarry, wait for it, Donna will surely be your wife. Isn't it a nice thing to know that you got it right? God wants to get it right in every one of our lives. That's just one choice. There's many choices. And so we preach really what's called the deeper life here, and I don't like that term because Christianity is Christ within the hope of glory. That's the deep life. But I think there's some places we just teach salvation, conformity, church life, giving, witness to your friends and live a godly life. And that's... But that's not all you need. Because I promise you, you have an enemy that's going to bark at your feet and he's going to try to deter you. He's going to try to rob you. His job is to kill, to lie, to deceive. And the way he does it is just to get us to depend upon ourselves and do our own thing. And that brings death. 
And so we need to make wise decisions. We need to let our lives be conformed to Jesus and his purpose over us. You know, we all know the Lord's prayer, but I thought it was interesting what the Lord told us we should pray. If you just flip the page, if you have your Bible, or if you pop the button, if you have your iPhone, in Matthew chapter six, it says this, in verse nine, it says, after this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Look at verse 10. I'd like you to read it with me. Very important verse. Together. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is on earth. If you notice the next verse, Jesus says that we should pray, give us this day our daily bread. But the interesting thing is our own needs don't come first in God's economy. His purpose comes first because his purpose is going to bless you. Your needs will be met. God lets the sun shine on the just and the unjust and he will meet our needs richly according to his riches and glory. But God has a purpose, friends. God has something he's working out in your life. You're not just anyone. You're a child and a daughter of God made in his image. He has something he's going to work out in your life that's special. Something that's eternal. Something that's so important that's accomplished. What car you buy really isn't that important. You know, I bought a car recently. I don't know. I'm getting checked by the Holy Ghost. Don't say it maybe. I bought a Chrysler. Chrysler is owned by the Italians. My car is already devalued. I don't know how many thousands of dollars. Well, I like my car anyway. But whatever car you buy, it's good to pray about that too. But there's some things in life, if you don't get right, will really, really rob you of your crown and your blessing and your glory and your victory. We need to get these things right. Listen, thy kingdom come, thy will be done is first. And that's what Jesus told us to pray. And so as we pray for God's will, as we ask God's will to be done, God moves. It's kind of an interesting thing, one time... Obviously, Jesus had brothers and his mother came and he went to the, they went to one of the disciples and said, tell Jesus that your mother is out here and your brethren. And you remember what Jesus said? He said, those who do my will are my mother and my sisters and my brethren. Wow. Now we know Jesus loved his mother even on the cross. He made sure that she was cared for. And he committed her to John and John cared for her. She was at the ascension. She was at the day of Pentecost. But Jesus was making a very great point. The ones he's watching, the ones that are really pleasing him are those that are hearing his word and doing his will. And so that's very, very important to our scriptural, our, our spiritual life. I want to also turn to a passage that I think is very, very good in substantiating this point. It's in John chapter 12, and Jesus speaking gives an illustration of his life. How many know Jesus was absolutely surrendered? How many know he always did the will of the Father? Yeah, it seemed like a hard life, but where is he now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, death brings forth life. 
And Jesus speaks about this exchange life here. In John chapter 12, verse 24, he says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Now we have a right to apply that to our lives. But the first one who was that corn of wheat who fell into the ground was Jesus Christ. He was the corn of wheat. He was that first seed that was sown. And he had to die. He didn't die for his sins though. Because he perfectly did the will of the Father. It says, Peter says on his sermon on the day of Pentecost, it was not even possible that death should hold him. He didn't have to die. Death had no power over him. He did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, the word says. But he died for you. Thank God he didn't die. We'd all perish. But his atoning blood covers and forgives our sins and allows the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and we're born again of the Spirit. Are you thankful you're born again of the Spirit? You have a new life, but it's his life. We want to watch it, don't we? But Jesus gives this illustration again. Unless a corn of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. You know, I have an interesting illustration. I never had the privilege of doing much gardening. Folks down here love to garden. They do a lot of gardening, a lot of planting. How many like to plant things? Yes, the, the Corrigans are terrible at it. Yeah, we have this little box in the backyard. We spent $150 on seeds, you know. And my wife came by and she showed me this little, it was supposed to be an eggplant. It was pink and it was about this big. Yeah, that was it. So, you know, I'm not really good at it. When I was at Pilgrim Camp training for ministry, it was interesting. We had a fellow who was from Switzerland, and he loved to garden. He had real expertise in that. And he had these flower boxes, and in them he'd put bulbs in there. I didn't know what those bulbs were doing, so every once in a while I'd pick one up and take a look at it. Not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that. So he had about five or six of these big boxes and had these big, beautiful bulbs. They were the size of the egg. And anyway, toward the spring, I noticed I picked, picked one out and it was all black. It was all decaying. It was all corroding. But out of it, there was a green shoot coming. In a few months, it was going to be this big, beautiful begonias that would just light up the entrance of our property at camp. And people would come in and be awe. Folks, Life comes out of death. Hey! I don't know if you got it, but it's the truth anyhow. You die and something will come forth. I'm not talking about a physical death. I'm talking about giving up your own way, your own desires. Get into the stream of what God has for you. And all of a sudden, that old man will die. And a new man will come up. And blessings will begin to flow. And you're living the life of the Holy Ghost. Ah. So, then it says this. Jesus speaking now. He says... He that loves his life shall lose it. He that loses or hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. I'm not talking about a hard way. Folks, the Christian life is a glorious way. I'm talking about giving up the hard way. I'm talking about stopping to kicking against the pricks as Paul did and come to the revelation that Jesus is Lord. Let him be Lord over every area of your life. Amen. 
When he is Lord, he will glorify himself in you and you will be blessed. So he says, lose your life for my sake. Then look at verse 26. He says, if any man serve me, let him follow me. What was he speaking about here? He was talking about us following him into losing our life. Not physically, but that old man. You see, folks, Paul had a wonderful revelation. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He says, in me there dwells no good thing. You know, sometimes that's a good revelation to come to. There's always some selfishness. There's always some yarn of the natural man. There's always our desires. Oh, but if we can get free from ourselves. If we can begin to see Jesus and allow the fruit of the Holy Spirit to come forth. Jesus is love. Let him love through you. Jesus is joy. Let him fill your life with glory. Hallelujah. There's nothing in this old life, nothing in looking back, nothing in the natural man, nothing in the things of the world. Why is Hollywood so debased? Why is our country getting so vile, so pitted against one another? Why is there such trouble in this world? Because the natural man is rising. And the spiritual man is not taking control. Boy, we did better when we had more of Jesus in America. But the church needs more of Jesus. Because we're preaching a half a message. But we don't understand. It's not just coming to the altar and saying, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. I don't accept him. I receive him. And the first word that brings us to salvation is repent. We don't just receive. We just don't take part of him. We take him as our Savior and our Lord. And from that point on, we allow our lives to be made conformable unto his death. Hallelujah. That's what Paul said. He said, oh, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, that I may be made conformable unto his death. Oh, but boy, did Paul have a life. Did Paul change the world? They tried to kill him. He stood up and went home. They couldn't get rid of him until God was finished with him. (laughs) Folks, when you begin to give up your life, you get his eternal life. And that eternal life, God will protect and take care of and he'll take home and he'll honor you. In fact, the end of this verse tells it here. It says this. If a man serve me, let him follow me. That's speaking about our dying too to our old man. That where I am, there also may my servant be. If you want fellowship with God, give over to him. Come on, I don't know if you're getting it. If you want fellowship with God, give over to him. That where I am, there will my servant be also. What is he saying? He's saying that God is going to give every one of us that give over to let him be Lord. We're going to have his constant abiding presence. Does anyone know what I'm talking about here? You're going to have glory. God's going to set up his kingdom within you. And then he says, him will my father honor. Hallelujah. You're not going to have to worry about your position. God's going to take care of your position. And he's going to give you a Holy Ghost possession. And he's going to be doing things that you don't even have to ask for. (laughs) 
Hey, I'm having a tough time here. Because this thing is so real. And I'm so glad I had pastors who taught us to pray, to seek the will of God, to find him, to give up everything of this world that's distracting, I should say defiling. There's a lot of good things he'll never take from you. In fact, I want to tell you, you will enjoy a trip to the woods, to the mountains like never before with Jesus. You'll enjoy the water. You'll enjoy life. You'll enjoy your spouse. You'll even enjoy your family. You'll enjoy others. Everything is better when Jesus comes. So how we need to do this. Him will my Father honor. Well, praise God. I heard one minister say to me, don't ask God to bless what you're doing. Do it God's blessing. And God blesses us as we live in his presence, as we seek him. I just have one more portion of scripture I want to read in closing. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you turn with me to it, I love this scripture. This is a good purpose for our giving over to God. It says this, for the love of Christ constrains us. Isn't that good? When you think about living for God, what other and better reason could we find than his love for us? And look what it says here. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, which was Jesus, then all are dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should henceforth live unto them, not live unto themselves, but live unto him which died for them and rose again. Let me read that again. It says, and that he died for all, Jesus, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. That's what the Bible says. So I asked you a question. Who are you living for? I want to tell you how this sermon was birthed. I was praying long this morning and praying, God, I have some things I want to see. I've seen some things I want to see fulfilled in my life personally and in our ministry here and in all of us. And the Lord said to me, Mike, pastor, he doesn't call me pastor, he just calls me Mike. He calls me whatever he wants to call me. Actually, this sermon was birthed this morning because God's dealing with me. Yeah. He wants more of me. And I want more of him. So for me to have more of him, I have to get out of the way. So. Pastor's preaching what God's talking to me about. He wants all of me. And I can't have all of him until I'm willing to say yes. Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to take up your cross and follow me. Hallelujah. But I want to tell you, folks, it ends in such glory, such power, such victory. 
I promise you today, none of us will ever be sorry that we picked up our cross and we followed our Savior. And there's going to be fruit that eyes have not seen nor ears heard. Things that have not even entered into the heart of man, God will give them to them that love him. Hallelujah. Who are you serving today? So, if you have decisions before you, let me make it practical. Don't just study it out yourself and choose your way. The Bible says commit your way to the Lord. Is that not what it says? God gives his best that leave the choice to him. Bring your decisions to him. Bring your matters to him. Pray over everything. Ask God to bless your doings. Praise God. Certainly the selection of a spouse. Career choices. But then there are perhaps more personal devotional things. Do I just start my day? Or do I get down before him and say, Lord, be with me this day. Walk with me. Do we open his word? Are we growing in grace and in the knowledge? Is being in God as important to you as having your own way? Sometimes there's excesses in our society. We spend so much time. The ballparks are filled. The churches are emptied. Everything is so important. I feel like some of it's not only not only a time waster, but defiling. I feel the real Christian that wants this thing has to turn off, shut some things down. Do you know what I mean? And we've got to get into the place. And I'm ending. I'm ending now. We've got to get into the place of fellowship with Jesus. Oh, may God help us, church. It's why people are leaving churches it's why there's so little power in the churches. It's not any problem with God today. He's still all power. He fills the heavens. Everything are under his divine control. But we, his sheep. But how about we say today to Jesus, I surrender all. Hallelujah. How will we have a good old-fashioned altar service and we come up singing as John Gordon leads us, I surrender all. And we ask God to take the whole of us because we want that eternal purpose. We want that fullness of blessing. We want that abundance of fruit. And God will just outpour it. God has great things. Look, don't stay in your seat if you can. Come to the front. Just ask God, take over Jesus in my life. Come on, let's stand. And come, let's come and pray.